All right, beautiful humans, welcome back to another episode of Naked Sunday. I'm your host, Caleb Nelson. And this week, we have a very special Mother's Day special, as it is Mother's Day when this is airing. Uh, so first and foremost, shout out to all you awesome moms out there. One of the big reflections I've had before doing this recording today is I see moms as the heart of the family. And I think that that goes on un, underappreciated quite often in life. Um, as I think a lot about balancing the masculine and feminine energies in the world, and everything masculine is a little more concrete, hard, mathematical, logical, that kind of thing. Think about the brain, very like the way we think about all the mental stuff. But when we think about the heart, when we think about the feminine, we think about free flowing and energy and warmth and all of that. And you need both. But if I think of the body as a representation of, of life, if I think of like the heart breathing life into the other parts of the body. It's where all the blood passes through. It's all the energy flows through. It must go through that to get anywhere else. If you think about our arms, our appendages, our fingers, our toes, or all everything else, if you think of that as like the, the, the branches of what we are creating in life, whether it's a family, whether it's a business, whether we think about whatever it is, the heart is really... It's the soul, the soul that we are inspired by. Why maybe it's even our consciousness. I don't even know what, what it is, but that's how I've been viewing it. And uh, I continue to have a deeper and deeper appreciation for what it is. And uh, yeah, funny enough, there was a point in my life where I could barely talk to women at all. Nowadays, I spend most of my time talking to women. I talk to a lot of moms, in fact. Usually, especially if I'm working with couples, I talk to the women first. Smart man will always realize happy wife, happy life. <laughs> Something I'm learning is so many moms are struggling to give themselves permission to take care of themselves. So perhaps as I go through this reflection, as I got my little puppers here trying to just get love and appreciation, come here, bud. We're gonna wave to everybody. We're gonna wave to everybody. If somebody is watching on the video, here's my little dude. Talk about a bundle of love right here. All right, you're gonna sit right there while daddy talks. Good boy. My hope that if nothing else, if you don't listen any further than this moment right now, and you have been grappling with feeling like you're pigeonholed and not having enough energy in life to do the things you want and feel like your capacity to serve and help and take care of everybody else. feel like you're, you're worn thin. Maybe you're running a business. Maybe you're trying to take care of your whole family, pulled in a thousand different directions, trying to take care of everybody. I think it's important to always be reminded. And I'm not saying anything magical here because it's, oftentimes just a cheesy cliche, but can't pour from an empty cup. And 
hopefully if that's resonating some of those struggles and challenges it's oftentimes like most people in your life are actually waiting for you to take care of yourself and if you communicate it they'll they'll support you and ultimately deep, deep down i think we all know that when we we feel grounded we feel whole we feel at peace and one with ourselves we stand to make better decisions we stand to be of better service we stand to be more present and kind and authentic and altruistic in all of our actions and how we take care of others so if we're finding ourselves in a place that that energy that softness is maybe a little harsher a little more of an edge not as an alignment I hope on this day that we are appreciating mothers, which hopefully we can start to just decide like it's every day in the same way we appreciate everybody. I think that we're in this time in history. We're trying to make days and months and weeks and years and everything about like this type of thing. It's like, well, why not now? Like, why not today? Why is it just only during the holiday season that we say, oh, we should think about giving to each other more. I think that's silly. Because what if today is the last day? What if today is your last day and you weren't as kind and generous, and loving and appreciative of those that matter to you? It could be that. But I want to take a moment today as I, I think about my own mother. So mom, I love you. I'll start there. Well, it's not really starting because I'm somewhere in the middle of all this. I want to think about a couple different lessons that my i've been so fortunate that my own mother has been able to bestow upon me one of the most profound lessons is this little statement that she said when i was in a really difficult place in my life she goes caleb it's not just about you anymore let me give you a little backstory i was going broke I was in the midst of a business fallout. I was probably deeply paranoid. I was crippling, dealing with crippling anxiety. I was living with some clients of mine, amazing family that took me in and showed unbelievable generosity and kindness during a, a time that I don't know if I would have made it through otherwise. I was on the phone with my mom. And then she uttered those, those fateful words. Mind you, I was still working. I had my clients and all those other things. And it just put it all into perspective. I started asking myself, well, what am I doing this all for? I'm doing this and I'm, I'm here to be of service. I'm here to give. Not surprisingly, my mother who aims to serve and give and be helpful in this world would utter such profound words. Now, as I had mentioned before, you can't pour from an empty cup. But with that being said, at some point, you do need to pour. And for true prosperity to come to fruition in this world, we must give, we must be of service, we must care for others, we must share in our abundance and our love and, and, and engage that energy. And I look back on that moment as a really powerful reminder to myself that even during dark times, even during challenging times, I could have something to give. 
I must be of service. I must be kind. I must be loving. I must be generous. Something, somebody else probably has it worse than me. So that's lesson number one. Lesson number two. What else do we got in here? Well, recently I was on a podcast. It was about kindness. And it's the first time I've ever been asked about this. And he asked, uh, well, when was the first time you became aware of kindness? And a little on the spot because I didn't really prepare beforehand, which is not untypical for me to just go talk about stuff um, because I like to just show up as me and you're going to get the authentic thought that I have in my head. But the first thought that came to mind was this story. This is a true event. It's a really powerful event. And this happened to involve a, a woman that I considered um, and consider, I guess, you think of the energy and the, the love that's transpired, but I think of her as a, a second mother. These were family friends and they were very close. And I'm referring to a time in my life, I think it was like 10 or 11, somewhere in there. And uh, this woman, my mother's friend, and my, my, like I said, I consider her a second mother. I was best friends with her, her boys. We were family friends. We would do a lot of events together. I would spend an obscene amount of time over at their house, <laughs> hanging out. But she was, uh, she was losing her, her failing battle with breast cancer. And... Um, bringing into this kindness, I, I remember my mother sharing uh, with me maybe a little bit time after, and mind you, this is also the first time I had ever dealt with like death up front and close and personal. Uh, certainly not capable of wrapping my head around what was happening at the time, but uh, it's, it's left its mark. But I do remember my mother, she would go and spend some time and just sit by her side, bedside while she was dealing with this tragically terminal illness. And later on, she shared of a, uh, a conversation with her where uh, she promised, she promised that she would take care of her boys. And to that effect, I, my mother is to this day still checks in on all of them. And the why, why this was so powerful to me was this kindness, like, here is a close friend of hers dealing with just this heartbreaking moment. And somebody who's just like in fear, like what's going to happen to my, my husband and my boys and how's their future is going to be and how's this all going to turn out? And of course, that's where her mind was about caring for others on her, on her final days. So there's that, there's that beautiful generosity in her mind about thinking beyond herself. And then there's my mother at the same time sharing this space. I can't imagine how difficult that must be. Feeling perhaps very helpless. I can't do anything. I can't take the pain away. I can't take the sickness away. Watching a friend hurting. making this promise and sharing the space 
And to me, what resonates is this, this kindness. It was this love in this very dark, painful, hopeless place. It's about being present with those people when they're at their darkest hour and being kind. And think about what moms do. Moms are the ones who give their baby a hug, brush them off. It's going to be okay, honey. Go out back out into the world. Bring it through it. Give that embracing hug when we're feeling afraid, we're feeling scared. Maybe if we took a lesson from that a little more often, we might realize wow, we might not be as alone as we think we are. Maybe we have a lot more to be thankful for. There's a lot of love in this world. And I hope that we can all realize that so many people who just are, when things get tough, when they get challenging, the greatest kindness we can give is just sometimes just to be present with them, to be there in that difficult space, not just have the answer, not to kind of be here. I'm going to share with you, even though we're maybe dealing with our own fears and inadequacies and whatever that may be, not knowing if we have the answer or not. I think there's a lot of kindness in that and, and learning how to love when it's really hard. That, I think that is a powerful lesson. I give my mother deep credit for that. It's easy to love when things are going all, you know, with rainbows and butterflies. But the depths of that love, the depths of that kindness, that depths, that conviction shows up when you're, you're tested, when there's trials. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. Another lesson. We've got two down. This is brevity for me, as you can, you can see with a lot of this stuff as compared to how I usually ramble. Another lesson for me is, is knowing the difference between <laughs> what's actually an issue. If you're, what, like, if you're gonna cry over something, you used to say this, like, if you're gonna cry over something, it better be worth it. And this brings to mind a story called the banana peel story. And this came up, I was going through a breakup. My little heart was broken, whatever. She came up, she visited me. And for the first time in my life, I ever, this is mid twenties. For the first time ever in my life, I don't know why I asked my mom for advice. You know, hindsight 2020, this is, this is not a big deal. People go through heartbreak, people go through stuff. Like this was not deathbed stuff. This was not those type of things. But I asked her for some advice and she shares this story. I call it now lovingly this banana peel story. And she was sharing about a, a different friend, another family friend. She's married. We knew their families. We could spend Thanksgiving together. And uh, she's telling the story about the, <laughs> this one conversation she had with her about her husband. She was sharing, you know, you know, like, you know, her husband, he's such a great guy. Like, Cooks, cleans, it's had a great job, great father, all these other things. She's telling me about this one time, this pet peeve. The one thing he would always do is whenever he had a banana, he'd always leave the banana peel out. Every time. It'd drive her nuts. Drive her nuts. 
And she got so frustrated one moment. She just kind of had this moment. like, what, what am I getting upset about? Like, am I going to get divorced or have like an, an over, over a banana peel? It's so ridiculous. I have all these other things to be grateful for. This is what it is. How am I going to move forward? So in that moment, she decided to make it a joke. And she, from there, that day on, she like, oh, honey, are you done with your banana peel? Do you need it for something else? Whatever it was, just made light of it. But this later transpired and reconnected with me, this thought, this notion. There was a, a passage, I, uh, my friend and first business partner, he read a passage uh, and introduced me to it called um, Problem or Inconvenience. Highly recommend it. I did a reading of it as well. It's somewhere on social media, wherever it is. But it's really this understanding what problems really are. It's really being able to calibrate what's a real issue in this life and knowing what to work, make a fuss over and what not to. And it helped recalibrate the place I was at in my life, like in relationships, what's a big problem? I was, I was trying to be rigid about things and making a big deal of it. But maybe I also just needed to move on from certain things. And it's not to say don't, don't be connected, don't feel like it's okay to feel. It's not a bad thing, but know what is important. Stubbing your toe and you know, getting a bad grade on a test is not the end of the world. You'll move on. You'll grow from it. There's also something different about being moved by something that really like inspires you. That's a different type of tears and emotion. But like from a pain standpoint, from a there's a difference between somebody who's truly starving in a certain part of the world than you know, those little inconveniences I spoke of didn't have the, you know, the thing on the menu that you wanted, boo-hoo. Those are not big deals. And that story really, that was really important to me to bring to light, like, hey, remember, got a lot to be grateful for. Remember what you're actually getting upset about. Is it really worth it? Next story on the list. Next lesson on the list, I should say. <laughs> and clearly, I spent a lot of time thinking about this. Uh, I've been very fortunate to that effect that the fact that I can even reflect on this many experiences and lessons with my mother, it's been it's been a true gift. The next one is act in faith. Now I have had a we'll call it tumultuous relationship with spirituality and things that are greater than me. A lot of it came down to well, my interaction with my own family and religious constructs that came with growing up in those things. And I'm not going to go too far down that. But one thing I always admired about my mother was this deep, devout belief, in fact, faith and willingness to walk a path and this conviction. There's almost like a, a certainty behind it where I tend to be very like questioning. I tend to be open to the new thing. Both have their, their, their values, their, their value to them. But dare I say, I think a lot of us are always trying to figure out like, what am I doing? And there was something very admirable in that. Something I was even envious of. Like, well, why, 
she seems like she got that figured out. I came to later learn. It took a lot of practice and effort for her to come to that sense of that. But there was one instance, one time we were talking about like money, money, like money problem kind of stuff. And she was like, yeah, I know. I never worry about money. I, I feel like I always had like this, there's like this little money star that's following me around. And whenever I have it or whenever I need it, it shows up, I have it. And I know on the surface it sounds, it might sound a little ridiculous, but when I sat with it a little bit longer and I've, I've examined my mother's intentions and, and efforts and endeavors in her life, whether it was perfectly laid out or you know landed the way she'd expected, what I've always known about my mother is that she's always trying to do the right thing. She's trying to take care of everybody. Her intentions, so far as she knows, is always in the service of, I want to protect people. I want them to feel love. I want them to feel appreciated. I want them to feel like I'm doing right by them. Sometimes there's disagreements. That's life. Life is messy and there's friction and we don't always see eye to eye. That's, that's okay. But what it really led to for me is this deeper reflection on and I read it in a book somewhere. I can't remember which book it was, but it was it wasn't even like a spiritual book, if you will. It wasn't like a religious text. It was always, when I was thinking about it, I typed in this quote and there's a couple of different other books, but I heard the quote, faith is an action. And the way I think it was described in that, it's like every time you take a step anywhere, it's a faith. When you step off the sidewalk or you step out of your bed, you're, you're stepping onto a ground and acting in faith that's going to be there. And the world is not going to like crumble before you. Like there's, it's there. So if I think of it changing to actions and habits, I think about how my mother went around doing things with the intention to, I'm going to do the right, do my best to do the right thing all the time. Acting in that builds this confidence that I'm moving in a direction of, I'm building a better life in the future. I'm building a better outcome. We start a business. We're acting in faith that with these principles that I believe are, are right. This foundation that we have here, the, the values that we're holding dear, the aspirations, the intentions, the unique proposition we have that's different than everything else, you know, compared to the fact that there's a, another business that might have better staffing, better funding, better whatever, more experience, more knowledge, whatever those things are. I don't have this thing. And this is me doing it right, my right, this way of like helping others, serving others, whatever it is, it's going to work out. It's going to yield success. Maybe not right away. It's not going to be booming with the same revenue all over the same way. That's okay. But in the future, we're going to be able to, we're going to go to this thing. I think about things like, like right now we're not on Mars, but why so many people bought into things like SpaceX and why? Because we believe like, hey, if we take enough action consistently, and I believe in that vision, we're going to get there. It's the same thing with a weight loss journey. We know if here, <laughs> well, hopefully we all know, like you're not going to get six pack abs having one salad, but if we have foods that are more nourishing for us, more nutritionally dense, more valuable to our bodies that 
heal us more than they harm us and we move more often and we do it more consistently and we're kinder to our bodies and we drink more water whatever it is in the future we're going to have this body that is more capable it looks nicer in the mirror <laughs> things of that nature but it's not going to snap our fingers overnight we're acting in that faith that if i do these things repeatedly because these principles of wellness hold true if i act in that that delayed gratification as opposed to i just want to crush this slice of cake massive slice of cake because i feel a certain way right now if i delay this gratification a little bit the gratification of feeling good and looking good in my body and feeling more confident within myself if i do these behaviors because i know it's working towards that acting in that faith i will eventually arrive in that place same thing with a relationship we don't know how a relationship's going to end up when we start dating, especially if you've had a track record of the relationships failing or not working out, whatever it is, what makes this different? Well, I'm going to, I'm going to act upon these lessons that I know. I'm going to try to be kind. I'm going to be open and be vulnerable and be real. And eventually, whether it's this person or the next, I'm going to find that counterpart that I can share and build a life with. And we're going to, we're going to do the same thing. We're going to grow together. We're acting in faith. Do we know it's going to work out? No. But we're acting as if. And what I learned from that is try to do the right thing all the time. And eventually, when you need it, chances of you having it, bring back to like the money thing or relational capital or the physical capital chances are you're going to be in a better spot to have those resources, to have those capacities, to be able to absorb whatever it is, to do whatever activity you want to do. We must act in that faith. Act as if. And the final thing, final lesson, so those are four, we got five. If you haven't picked up by now, I've got a thing with number five. This one's a play on my nickname, Leb. If you haven't picked up on this either, uh, my sign-off's been love everybody. I have a former client to thank for that one. That was their little play on my own name. One of the things I admire about my mother, despite our differences in opinions and religious doctrines and things of that nature. Like I said, I'm not going to go down that too far. Well, she always worked in this interfaith uh, establishment. I don't remember what it was exactly that they were doing there, but I know it was like a community service type of thing or something along those lines. But it was, it was people of different religious backgrounds working in the same spot to better the community in my hometown. Yeah, that was really cool. And I started to think, hmm, how does that impact my life? And I've seen her interact with people of all different cultures and races and backgrounds and all that kind of stuff. Just like they're humans. I like to think that I do the same thing. And I started to see how that played out in my life. And there was... One instance with a, a, he's a dear friend of mine and he was a member at my gym. One time he comes up to me 
after a class, we're just chatting and shooting the shit. And he goes, you know, man, mind you, he's very devout in his, his own religious and faith practices. He goes, you know, this place is more like what a church is supposed to be than any other church I've ever been at. I kind of just had a pause and took it as a great compliment. Like, you know, people like come here, they can be real, they're authentic, they're growing, they're accepted, they're loved. And I started thinking more about it. I was like, yeah, well, when I think about the conversations we had in that space on a daily basis, like from, on any day, we'd be talking about religion, we'd be talking about sex, drugs, politics, you name it, the stuff that most people like off limits because people can't have a civil conversation it turns into a blow up people from both sides of the aisle in call it any walk of life were having conversations and engaging and interacting respectfully peacefully calmly and it was cool i was like huh that's cool awesome now mind you we're showing up under the guise of a wellness facility lose weight get stronger whatever you wanted it to be but ultimately what i really cared about is like let's grow as human beings let's engage let's be open-minded let's hold conversations i wish i was a little more secure in myself at that time to be able to openly discuss that i was like hey by the way that's what we're doing here uh but hey whatever i was in a just different place in my life uh and I give my mother credit for that. And I, I, as I've looked and, and went through some of my own difficulties of trying to rebuild some relationships, and I was for a long time felt very arm's distance from my own family because of whatever, and other relationships that I had made a mess of. There was a lot of anger, there was a lot of frustration, there was a lot of resentment in a lot of places. And when it started to turn, I was like, I don't like the way this feels anymore. I don't even like the way I'm becoming. I don't like how I'm interacting with myself or the people that I say I care about. I've reached a ceiling for my capacity. And ironically, in many ways, I'm becoming what I despised. So I don't know what dawned upon me, but I was like, I'm gonna just for a second, I'm gonna, I'm gonna consider what brought them to those places in their life? One of them was like my mother. Why would you choose to go down certain paths? Why would you choose to follow certain things? I just had this space of like empathy. And I was like, huh, there's got to be a reason here. And you know what? I'm going to just float a couple thoughts in the air and be like, well, we'll just have this happen. I was like, you know what? What if I was in those same situations? What if I had the same struggles? What if I was presented with the same opportunities? What if I was challenged with those things? What if those were my own difficulties and I had these types of opportunities for quote unquote solutions? How would I have reacted? You know, crazy enough, like I can see how I've had my same similar kind of difficulties in my own life. And when I realized that my resentment, anger, it was, it was misplaced. It was just a reflection of my own frustration and insecurities within myself. And what I realized is I was meeting 
rejection or hate or whatever you want to call it with my own version of rejection and hate. And just not kind behavior. And not surprisingly, I wasn't getting the results I wanted. Go figure. I wasn't making peace with it. I was making more conflict. And then I took that lesson and I started to look everywhere else in my life. Where else was I having conflict? Where else was I having frustration? Where else was I ha having friction? Why was I carrying so many burdens that I started to realize like, I didn't need to? And it was never about them. It ultimately came down to myself. And as I started to do that, I started to see people as my mirror. They were teaching me something about myself, stuff that I liked and stuff that I didn't like. And the more I rejected them, the more I couldn't value the things I loved, and the more I could not make peace and heal the things that I didn't like. I, I wasn't giving enough time to have empathy to see where that came from. So I started to shift that. I started to say, well, how can I love this person? How can I love them for these things that are different, that are difficult, that are challenging me? that are frustrating me. Now, this is me, and especially as I'm sharing this, a lot of people like, there's plenty of people in some unhealthy relationships and that needs to be recalibrated. It doesn't mean I just jump back into the same type of relationship I had with people beforehand. There's still distance, but there's, there's an understanding I have with people, whether I open, like, directly constantly communicate with certain people or not is irrelevant. It's the, and now I see them through a lens of love and that they are human. And that we're not perfect. And then I'd be able to forgive them. I was able to forgive myself. And that process slowly but surely allowed me to come to a space where I could love myself a little bit more. And in turn, continue to love them. I don't, I don't I'm in a place in my life, I don't think of, see myself as having any enemies. Whether somebody sees me as one, that's a different story, but that's just not where I'm at. I see them as a reflection of me. And do I want to hate myself? No, <laughs> it's as simple as that. I haven't found it to be productive because I find when I'm in a place of scarcity or insecurity or it, it, and it projects as hate, I do behaviors that don't get me any closer to what I want doesn't get me any closer to the relationships I hope I aspire to, to formulate and to develop with people that I care about to create a better world. I know how I feel when I'm grounded and whole and at peace. I feel still, I feel calm, I feel good. There's no anxious energy. There's, I can, I can absorb things. I have time, I have space, I feel present, I can be alone and fully content. So I have my mother to thank for that because I even just the opportunity to coach her and coaching, it's true coaching in my estimation is, is a constant willingness to put yourself in an uncomfortable space that is a place of empathy to like, let me see the world through your, 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 your purview. Now I don't necessarily recommend it to everybody to coach your family or your significant other least of which, but 
getting that deeper insight into for her was on a physical health journey that yielded a 40 pound weight loss, something like that. So congrats to you, mom. It's awesome. And she's kept it off, which is really fantastic. Um, she's in her sixties now. So anybody says like you can't transform your health and life at any age is just wrong because she's living proof. Anyway, to me, it was really, and it's, it continues to be just a, a very insightful opportunity to just hear the way she thinks about the world, to remind myself that we're all on a journey at any point in life, all just learning and growing. The more we can yearn to love each other, doesn't mean we have to do the same thing, doesn't mean we have to think the same thing. If we can hold space, can allow some people to process, allow people to take their frantic energy or their own hurt feelings or whatever and just like lower a little bit. Oftentimes in that space of kindness and love and empathy, you know, we find peace. There's an understanding. There's an appreciation. There's a willingness to support in your own unique path. And dare I say that might be a great place to start on this whole thing called world peace. Let's see where that goes. I don't know. But those are my reflections on this Mother's Day. And dare I say that massive, beautiful heart that all moms have, wearing their heart on their sleeves, wanting to protect their babies. Thank you for that. Thank you for enduring putting up with our craziness, for being as tough as it gets, and oftentimes putting yourselves very last on the, on the list of recipients of love. I, I'm realizing it sometimes, it probably feels like a pretty thankless job, but hopefully in just this moment, if nothing else, I can at least represent somebody else in your life that you're wanting some love and appreciation for, from, from? Yeah, I think that'd be it. Your hard work and your tireless efforts have not gone unnoticed. I'm also speaking that directly to my own mother. So mom, thank you. I know you've worked very hard in, in hopes to help provide a better life for me, whatever that was. Might not look exactly the way we thought it was gonna be, but hey, it is what it is. But to me, I'm just grateful for the effort and the shot to continue to grow, chance to continue to learn. And I hope to all the moms out there, you take a moment today to allow yourselves to receive appreciation. It's okay to receive that love and kindness. And maybe, just maybe, you might open your mind to receiving love and kindness every day even just for a few minutes, building some more confidence, making more space for that. Because again, I know the more you fill that cup, the more you're gonna to continue to pour. And that's gonna create a, a river of love and happiness and success. And I see a lot of prosperity from that. So those are all my thoughts for right now. Happy Mother's Day to all you wonderful mothers out there. To everybody listening. I remind you, until next time, love every body.